You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Justin Janowski. He's been on the show before. He was so good, we brought him back just for you. Now, is he going to over-deliver again like he did last time? I don't know. What do you think? I hope he does, but he's the sales guy, man. He's making sales good again, right? Make America great again. Make sales good again. That's what he's up to. That's not his political campaign, I promise. All right, so Justin Janowski has helped hundreds of coaches build their dream businesses from the ground up. If you're stuck right now, Startup Nation, or at your, you're at the bottom and you're just trying to get this thing launched and you can't light the darn spark, man, when's it going to catch? Or you're just stuck somewhere in the middle, you can't cross the 100K mark, you don't know what it is, you're at 99K, 
for way too long. And you got bills to pay. I'm trying to rhyme here. Justin has been showing up for his people, man. He could push you over if you want it. Justin's guided Christian and non-Christian coaches alike through the rewarding process of optimizing business models, pricing, and sales strategies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bottom line, he's going to teach you sales today. What part of sales? Sales is so broad. Startup Nation, do you want to learn how to close on a sales call in a sales conversation? Do you actually suck at it? Come on. Let's get honest. I did. <laughs> I really did, dude. Especially when I was like doing high ticket sales, I felt like such an imposter. I'm asking for $30,000 on the first call I just met the guy. Like, what credit card do you want, bro? <laughs> 30K, let's go. I felt like such a fraud. I'm like, there's no way he's going to say yes. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trusting, oh, my personality is good enough. My likability will convert the sale. No, no, it won't. <laughs> and no, it didn't. And if you're in that same place, Startup Nation, where like you think you should be doing better at sales because you just have this charismatic personality and likability, and like all your friends say yes to you for different things, but then when you close, <laughs> try to close these high-ticket sales, you're just getting no, 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 no. And your confidence is going down, 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 like I was. That's what we're going to talk about. So we are going to open this up. Justin's going to unpack an actual sales call for you. He's going to give you several of the 10 steps in this process. If we run out of time, we won't get to all 10. But we may. So get your pen and paper ready. Justin Janowski will give the website at the end. I'm not going to go into all the details. Welcome to your first 100K again, bro. Are you ready to deliver for these people who are stuck? I'm ready and I'm so excited to be back. And I love talking about sales. And for many people, I think they're not even getting no on the sales calls. They're not even lining up sales calls. The reason they're not running a 100K business yet is they don't have enough volume of opportunities. And many people are not booking the sales calls because they don't know what they would do if they got on a call. And that's uh, hurting their confidence, hurting their belief that they can do it. And so if we give you a process that's going to work, I think many people will say, okay, I could see myself doing that. And once you master it, it becomes easier and easier to book calls. And eventually, if we do this right, it's going to be fun and you're going to enjoy sales calls. I like sales calls more than coaching calls. Wow. All right. So what, I, what you're saying, correct me if I just misheard you, is that the reason why we're having problems getting leads getting people to book the calls is because secretly we don't feel confident once they get on the call that we're going to close them. So we're almost like self-sabotaging the bookings. Is this accurate? This is accurate. There's something wrong about our identity where we're wondering if we're not good enough. And part of that is that we don't have a process we feel confident in. And so therefore we have a story that we're going to come across in a weird way. Our friends their referrals, the people in our network are going to judge us and not like us because of the sales call. So I better just not line it up at all. Let me, let me rewrite my website for the fourth time. I've got zero clients. Dude, I just redid my logo. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. How do you open a sales call? Like what's the actual process, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is good. If we can get the opening right, everything else becomes easy. In fact, if you can master this, this first few steps of the process, 
everything else should fall into place really naturally. The first step begins before you even get on the call. It's, it's taking care of your emotional state before beginning the sales call. And we do that through what I could call a pre-call ritual. And so everybody can have a different one, but something you can do in two minutes or three minutes or five minutes to make sure that you feel really good. When you feel confident, you get better results. When you're feeling weak, you're going to get weak results. You know, that that's, that's the challenge here is if we're not confident yet, how can we be confident for one hour? And identity and progress can be overcome by a great emotional state when we're at our best. Emotions are really contagious. And All so right. So what do you do before you jump on a sales call? Like what's your yeah. ritual? My ritual is going to be to take some deep breaths. I'm going to pray like, God, help me to be confident. Help me to be loving. Help me to be full of wisdom and help me to be at peace. You know, and I want to remember that I don't need anything. I don't need this one sale or this one client or anything like that. You can drink water. You can play music. You can dance. You can do push-ups. You can meditate. Whatever it is for you that's going to make you feel good and feel ready before you click play. All right. So what if you really need to close this sales call, this conversation? You really need to, to pay that bill right now. And like, what are you doing? Are you pretending? You you faking it when you get on? Like, God, help me not to need this call, even though desperately I need it. And like, what do you, how are you tricking your brain? Is that what we're doing? Are we just tricking our brain? Well, we got to know that commission breath doesn't sell. You know, people, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, the person in a dating environment who like wants the other person so much more than they want them. They've lost desperation, all desperation, desperation. And they become less attractive because of the desperation, because of the need than if they were like, I'm abundant. I have everything I need. You know, what I know is like, God's given me everything I need. He's going to overflow my cup. I've got more opportunities coming. And I, I, I can trick myself into believing that if I don't really believing that for one hour, can I get myself even for one minute to opening that call to believe that I'm okay. And I don't need this sale because by not needing anything and showing up to serve, I'm going to give my very best to make the sale, but I know I don't need it. It's going to make it a lot more attractive for them to want to work with me too. All right. So startup nation, write that down. You don't need them. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need them, man. And, and Dustin, uh, sorry, I said, Dustin, Justin, listen, I've shared on my other show, Broken Catholic, like I'm a former sex addict. Yeah, I just went there. And I was really good at the dating game. Like really good. And part of what made me super attractive was not just, not my physical look. Because a lot of girls weren't into my type. Yet I still was able to influence them and persuade them and close the sales conversation because I showed up that way. I didn't need them. They needed me. I had something for them. Like, and whether you call it arrogance or whatever, like that energy shifted everything. Because in the beginning, I showed up like that desperate puppy dog. Like, please feed me, feed me, feed me, please. I'll follow you anywhere. And it was repelling, repulsive. And this is how you're saying many sales professionals get on their sales conversations exactly yeah. this way. Yeah. And like it doing this right, it's subtle. Like they shouldn't feel like they shouldn't recognize like, oh, they don't want me to buy or that sort of thing on the sales call. It's not that it's a subtlety, though. But you can feel when someone's there for the mutual win win versus when they're there for themselves, for something that they want. And they're placing a higher priority on that than what is the greatest win win between the two people. And so that's what we want to avoid. And that getting that pre-call ritual being in a great emotional state when you begin the call makes everything easier.
Okay, so we're not just doing push-ups and uh, jumping jacks, right, to get in that high physical state. That could be good, but it's really about the mindset we're coming into the call with of surrendering to God, like saying, hey, God, take over my mind right now, right? Grant me peace, right? Grant me uh, the ability to show up just in love and listening and contribute to this person. And if we're fit, let me know by the end of the call. And if we're not, make it so clear, like, I don't want to work with this person. Like, is that like a good way to, to come in? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Okay. Excellent. All right. So we got our mental state startup nation. You got that down. Start shifting yours, right? Right out. Like what state do you want to be in mentally when you get on your calls? And then start surrendering that up and put yourself in that state. All right. So we get on the call, that lead that we met at the coffee shop, that we met at the networking event, right? That we, uh, they finally sent us the DM and they said, Hey, I like it. I'm interested. I'll jump on a call. They finally come on the call. How do we open the call? We want to get into rapport, but we want to do this briefly. We're not going to small talk for as long as possible. It's a form of sales avoidance. Our time's too valuable. Their time's too valuable. We are a great coach, great leader. We've got something for them. We're not going to waste time talking about the weather for 10 minutes. We're going to ask, how are you? How's your day been so far? They'll probably return that question. We'll probably match their emotion and energy and then transition into the pre-frame. I'm usually going to get into rapport in 30, 60, maybe 90 seconds with a couple of simple questions. What I want to pay attention to to be in rapport with this person throughout the entire conversation is the way they communicate. I want to listen for how their volume is. Somebody who communicates with a higher level of volume, probably somewhere along the line, learned that that was how you respect people or respected people speak with a lot of volume. And so we need to meet them there for them to trust us and like us and want to do business with us. Or maybe they don't hear very well. My grandpa talks loud because he doesn't hear very well. My grandma talks really quietly with her. I'm going to lower my volume. If I'm loud with grandma, she's uncomfortable. And so I'm going to pay attention to volume, their tone, their pace, their energy emotionally. Like, how are they feeling? If they're like, oh, my day's been crazy. I'm like, oh, I've been there. Is this still a good time to have the call? Or if they've been like, oh my gosh, I'm having the most amazing day. I'm like, oh, I love that. Give me some of that. I want to meet them in their energy and I can pace and lead. If they're really down and I meet them there and I honor where they're at, I can lead them to a higher energetic emotionally throughout the call. But I also want to make sure I'm communicating in language that they can receive. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room, not in a way that they can't understand what I'm saying. I don't want to use terms, abbreviations, et cetera, that they don't know. And I keep going easiest way to break rapport. And so I'm going to get connected 30, 60, 90 seconds. You can do this quickly and transition to the pre-frame of telling them what we're here for in the call, what the structure is, et cetera. All right. That's super powerful, right? Because immediately it's pulling us out of ourselves and our own navel gazing and how am I showing up? Am I messing up? Am I saying the right things? What do they think of me? I don't know, right? And all that skadooge that actually self-sabotages our efforts and you're really just focused on them for the first 90 seconds. Where are they at? What's their tone? What's the energy that's coming across right now? And then mirror them, correct? Yeah, exactly right. Like, don't fake it, don't pretend, but find a way to mirror them and meet them right where they're at rather than call them up to where you're at. Yes. Yeah. Somebody who's feeling down, there's nothing more annoying than the person who's like, oh, cheer up. Life's great. Like, we have to first meet them there and be like, oh, that sucks. I'm so sorry to hear that. Do you want to tell me anything else about that? You know, and just be in it with them for a minute. 
And then from there, we're going to transition to the preframe. This is where they're going to learn that they can trust us, that we can work with them, that we can lead them, that we've done this before. Even if you haven't, if you've got a great preframe, they're going to trust you. And a preframe. All right. Before ahead. you get into it, Startup yeah. Nation, pay attention to the preframe because I went on one of uh, Justin's uh, free webinar, four-day webinar thing challenges that he did. And I just sat there on the Zoom and I just took notes and notes and notes. And I said, I'm just going to try this. I've never done it this way. I'm just going to try it. And I incorporated a preframe almost word for word of how he did his. And I put it into mine and then just customized it. And it was, it was a little lengthy in the beginning, Justin, right? For me. So I would literally stop like right after the 90 seconds on the call. And I would say, okay, I'd like to frame this call so that we're both uh, know what to expect, right? What's the outcome of the call, et cetera. Would that be all right with you? And they're like, yeah, actually, that's awesome. I'm like, great. So I tend to talk. So I'm going to actually just read what I wrote for you, if that's okay with you. I'm just going to read it verbatim so I don't stray. Would that be all right? They actually love that because they don't want a rambler. And then I could cheat because I sucked at it. And I would literally just read out my preframe word for word, cheat sheet right in front of me. And it accomplished the same effect as if I had to memorize this thing. So I just want to offer that to you, uh, Startup Nation, right? Not only pay attention, because this is the game changer. When I started putting in this pre-frame into my sales conversations, people knew what to expect and they knew what was expected of them by the end of the call. Yeah. And that was, we're going to make a decision either way. What mm -hmm. you decide doesn't matter as long as you decide. Is, are, is that, are you agreeable to that? And they agreed. So now at the end when they're doing that, well, I got to talk to my spouse. I got to do this. That. Hey, we agreed in the beginning. We're going to make a decision. It's okay to say no. Let's just make the decision. You ready? What do you, where are you at? Is this the fit? Is this going to take you where you're going to go? And man, it would close one after another. So I know you got so much more to give us, but I cannot say enough about the value of the pre-frame alone shifted everything. And I went from low ticket sucking and not closing to high ticket, high closing ratio. I just yeah. want to set that up. This is the most important step by far. I agree. And if just get this, they're going to win. And we're going to give you a PDF later that has like a written version of this that you can copy if you don't get all the notes down now. But the, the pre-frame, I'll give you two versions. Like one's a, the drawn out version I kind of share with you that they could read. And I'll give like a simple version for a different kind of meeting as well that I think could be helpful and a nuance for you as well that you haven't heard. The, the traditional pre-frame is something like this. Like, hey, Joseph, thanks so much for making the time to connect with me today. I want to make the best use of your time and mine. So I'd just like to lay out a simple structure for this call. Would that be all right? Yes? Cool. The reason that we're connecting is John tells me that you're a great coach and a great leader. And I work with Christian coaches to help them optimize their business model, their pricing, and their sales strategies so they can scale their income and scale their impact. My outcome on a call like this today is to get to know you better and to discover whether or not it's a fit for us to work together. And the way I'd like to get to that outcome is by asking you some questions about where you're at in your business right now, what your vision for the future is, and what some of the challenges are that you're facing right now. From there, I'll give you some perspective and coaching based on what I hear. And if it seems like a good fit, I'll explain more specifically how I work with my clients and then you and I can decide either to work together or not work together. And either way is fine. Does that sound good? Boom. That's that's the agreement right there. That's it. And we and, get and, to, to sell, which feels yeah. a lot better. And I like the way you just finished that was 
Does that sound good? Which is good. I customized mine. Is that agreeable to you? Yeah, I like that. Because now I got agreement. Mm-hmm. That's different than, oh, it sounded good, but there's no commitment there. No, you mm-hmm. agreed earlier that we were going to decide either way, right? Oh, yeah. Shoot. Love that. Changes Love. the game, but go ahead. Yep. Little turns of the dial to make it yours. Find your authentic leadership voice. Now, I love all of the little changes I've heard from you already, like really high level influence, Joseph. So then the, a simple version of a preframe. I had a call yesterday with somebody I was referred to uh, and, and we both knew what the call was about and they were interested in me doing some partnership sales for them uh, at an upcoming launch that they have. And so my preframe was this. It's like, hey, I appreciate you guys jumping on with me. Nick Pevlidis has introduced me to a few people in the past, and it's always been a total win-win. So I'm really excited to meet with you, learn more about your upcoming project, and see how I can support you. And so what I'd love to do is have you share more about what you're working on, what you're excited about. I'll share about how I work with my clients, and we can decide how to move forward. Does that sound okay? And so that that's like a simple, like condensed, easier version of that as well. But even if we're going to do something where it's more of a casual or laid back preframe, like we always have to have a preframe that establishes our authority as the leader and tells them that they can trust us. And it also displays a tremendous amount of confidence and it helps us transition away from rapport sooner rather than later because we know what to say next. Boom. This is a game changer for you, Startup Nation. Okay. Everything Justin just said is true. This is what's going to happen. You're going to come across completely different than all your competitors. They do not do this. When was the last time you were on a Zoom and the other person showed up and framed out the meeting? Literally said, here's our intention. Here's where we're going. Are you on board? Let's do this. And you're like, wow. Like, I just want to follow this person. Why? Because everybody wants to follow good leadership. So that when you put in a pre-frame, you not only stake your put your stake in the ground, hey, I'm the leader of this call, but also, you're, it's okay to follow me. Like, I'm going to lead well. And I really like that short version uh, as far as like a potential partnership because what you did is, is, I forgot the words you used, but you put an intention and created the possibility that by the end of the call, we, we are going to find a win-win because that's what I've done with everybody else that so-and-so referred to me. Yeah. Like, you immediately like put put that into my brain Somehow we're going to create a win-win and I'm going to work with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like we'll that, have- that's like Jedi mind trick stuff, bro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and like in that case, I'm not saying we can decide whether to work together or not work together. I'm saying like, we'll decide how to move forward together. I mean, I'm assuming the sale, if it's a really warm referral and I know what the project is and I know I can help. And so I'm willing to be a little bit more direct there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Thank you for, for highlighting that. You're welcome. All right. So let's get into the middle of the sales conversation. Like what's the heart of a sales call? Yeah. I'm going to skip step four. It's mid-call objections. Just what to do if somebody does object to the preframe or in the middle of the call before you've made the offer. How do we respond to somebody? Say, well, how much is this going to cost me? Or uh, something like that, like randomly in the middle of the call. I'm going to be like, shut up and stop being rude. I'm talking. No, I'm kidding. Pretty much. It's interesting though. Um, So feel free to check that out in the PDF later. But we're going to jump straight into discovery. Typically, we're going to go from preframe to discovery. What we're going to do now is exactly what we laid out in the preframe. We're going to ask about the now. We're going to ask about the future. We're going to ask about the problem. We're going to help them solve the problem. And it's all about them. All about that. Like you're not talking about your product or service or your features, right? At all at this point. 
Nope, not until the 10th step of the process. I mean, I gave them a little overview, my mission statement in the pre-frame so they know what I do, but I'm assuming authority without any need to prove myself. I think so many coaches show up and they think, oh, I'm going to have to prove myself. And like, I need to have all these certifications, all these things. I have no piece of paper anywhere. It says I can be a coach uh, or even that I'm educated. You know, I don't have a college degree. I don't have a coaching certification. I'm never going to talk about that. No one's ever going to ask me about that. They don't need my resume. They need my authority in the way I communicate that tells them that I'm their coach. All right. So let me just drop something help. here. Startup Nation. Remember this, this is a little rule for you, okay? And it just came to me, so I'm gonna give it to you. You're not selling your resume, you're selling results. You're not selling your resume, you're selling results. You don't need to be qualified, you don't need to be equipped. You just need to be certain and confident you could get them the result they're looking for in their life, period. And if you could come across that way and they feel it in you, they will move forward. Hmm. So lose the resume, focus on the results. Yes. Once again, no need to prove. So I'm just gonna make it all about them. And the nature of the questions I ask, it'll feel like a coaching call. And at some point during the call, they'll just recognize I'm their coach. Like they need to be asked this caliber of question again and again. So discovery is all about the present and the past. So I'm gonna say, so tell me about your business. If you're a marriage coach, you can say, tell me about your marriage. If you're a, a spiritual coach, tell me about your faith walk. If you're a health and fitness coach, tell me about your health journey. You're going to discover, and then you're going to ask curious follow-up questions and follow the thread, see where the energy is. And we're going to ask questions about present and past. Just understand where they're at and how they're doing right now, specifically in the area that we coach people on. And the next step is the division. Same thing, just future focus. Well, what would you like that to be like? What would you like your health and fitness to feel like? What kind of experience would you like to have playing with your kids? How many clients would you like to have? How much would you like to be doing annual revenue? Like I'm going to ask every client I talk to, every prospect, how much did you earn last year? And how much do you want to earn? I'm going to ask direct questions. And if there's an objection to that, well, listen, like that's how I coach people. If I know where you're at, where you want to go, I can help you close that gap. If I'm not the right person for you to share that with though, no worries. We can just end the call early. What would you rather do? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the real questions and people typically never question it uh, because I've got certainty that I'm the qualified person to ask these questions. Really powerful. I agree with that. Like you're interviewing them, Startup Nation. Remember that you are interviewing them to work with you. That shifts everything. Imagine if you are hiring somebody and you're offering a very high paid salary with all the benefits they could dream of and they are unemployed. Who needs who? More. Who needs who more? They need you more. Enter a sales conversation from this position without arrogance. Like I have what you want. <laughs> I can close that gap. You have a problem. I got the solution. Now, we could talk about it, but I want to know if you're ready. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why we're here. I want to see, are you the right fit for me? And of course, see if I'm the right coach for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it changes the conversation. All right, please continue. What else in the middle there in the heart? It's, it's mutual respect. So we know in discovery where they're at. We know envision exactly what they want, their life, their business, their marriage, their body, whatever it is to feel, feel like, look like, experience. And then the question is, what's the gap? What's the problem that's standing in the way? It's preventing them from fulfilling on that vision. The biggest problem that they need to solve, the biggest challenge they need to conquer, the biggest fear 
they need to overcome. Whatever that thing is, we need to discover what that is. And if we agree on the problem, which they might have it, they say it, you're like, yep, that's it. It's obvious. I talked to some people, they're like, I just, I need to get better at sales or I need to get on more sales calls. It's really obvious, really clear. We agree on the problem. They might give me something surface level. It's not the truth. In which case I might say, interesting. What else do you think is holding you back? And just keep asking until I get the truth. Um, and then once I've like established the truth of what the problem is, the final step in the heart of the call is, is potential futures. Say, what's going to happen if you don't solve that problem? Mm. And then, and then what would happen and how would that feel? And who now, else would that? Now, be? where do you take this, Justin, if they start lying to themselves right in front of you? Well, I mean, it, I guess it's okay. Like I'm okay. It's, it'll all work out. Meanwhile, you know that their wife just, you know, asked for a separation, and they get like, no, I mean, if I don't do anything about it, like, I'm sure we're just going to work stuff out. We'll continue going to counseling or whatever. And they're just flat out lying. And you know, as the coach, bro, you're literally like 30 days away from her walking out on you yeah. and, and taking half of everything. Mm-hmm. And they just don't see it. Yeah. Where, where do you go with that? Do you just say interesting? <laughs> you I'm, liar. I, I might say, I, you know, I, I appreciate your optimism. And maybe you will be okay, but I, I'm guessing that you're not on this call with me and in your life showing up the way you're showing up because you want okay. Like you probably want better than that, don't you? Dang. I just drank a sip of water, Startup Nation. I almost spit it out. That was so good. Yeah. They don't want to be okay. Um, if If somebody were to say to me like, I don't know what I want in like vision. You know, this is our expression of this all the time. I don't know what I want. I, I learned this from Jake Merriman and it works every single time. You'll love this, Jason, Joseph, wait till you now I'm doing what you did with Dustin. Yeah. That's funny. Um, we've been together a lot of times. We're friends. Um, so you'll love this. I can totally see you pulling this off. So somebody, if I say, what do you really want? And they're like, I don't know what I want. I say, what if you did, what would it be? And, and like, that works every time. Like, what do you want? I don't know what I want. If you did know what you want, what would it be? They will have, answer the second question and give you what they want. It's I funny. have done that so many times and it does get the result. It literally shuts down the part of the brain that's blocking them from dreaming, yeah. imagining, seeing possibilities, just knocks it right down. I say yeah. it all the time. I'll do it with my kids. They're like, well, daddy, this, I'm like, well, if you did know, then what? What would you do? How would you respond? And yeah. it just shifts and it opens the brain up to possibilities and imagination. Yeah. And I, I even like the imagine frame for that same reason where you say, well, imagine that you did know. What would it be? Or imagine anything was possible. What would you want? You know, like take yourself out of the confines of your current situation. If anything were possible, what would you like? And I think... And, and correct me if I'm, if your experience has been different here, but the reason why a lot of people will show up Startup Nation and not know what they actually want is because they've spent so long focusing on the problems that they're stuck in, in the mire, the mud, the stickiness of their life, and they forgot how to dream. They forgot what a solution actually looks like. They let go of their dreams a long time of long time ago. That's why they're on the call with you. Mm. They want someone to lead them back into dreaming again and getting results and feeling in their power 
when they're out of power. Yeah. So it's almost expected, like expect somewhere in the call, they're not going to know what they really, really, really want, regardless of the industry. Yeah, it's interesting. And if if they really try to hold firm that they don't know what they want, then there's two other approaches there, which is one to say, well, you know, there's probably some things that you know, like I know I want to eat something good for dinner tonight. Like I know I want to take my wife out on a fun date. I know I want to throw a great barbecue in the neighborhood. I know I want to be a good dad. Like what are some of the things you know you want? Like, do you want to eat? Do you want to make sure that you can pay your bills each month? Like what are some of the things you know you want and give them some simple examples to get them to start to talk about what they want. The other option is say, okay, you don't know what you want. So maybe what you really want is to know what you want. <laughs> like, and then Clarity. I'm clarity man i was just sharing with you and be like what's the consequence of not knowing what you want what's that costing you you know and then i'm going to start getting through that and and the potential futures there's like that one side of like what if you don't solve this problem what if you don't find that clarity what if you don't overcome that fear what if you go five more years in your marriage like the last five what's the consequence of that how would that feel who else would that affect how would that feel like then the flip side is what if you solve this problem today like what if this one problem was wiped out and you became a master at sales. What if you could just solve this one communication barrier in your marriage? What would marriage be like then? And what would that open up? And how else would that affect the other parts of your marriage, the other parts of your life? And what would it feel like to show that model of marriage to your kids? This sounds pretty important. So then we're into the the ninth step and a light just like turned on. I just on. saw that. It's maybe it's God. It's God like coming God's in. Saying- like- Tell them, Justin, tell them the ninth step. Ninth step, ninth of 10 is commitment. And so like if we've gone through this potential futures, we're going to say, how committed then are you to solving this problem? Or I like to say, let me ask you a question. How committed then are you to solving this problem? And if if they're ready to commit, like that's when I'm only then am I going to make my offer. If they're not ready to commit, it's probably because they're scared and I have to help them. I have to coach them through that. Like, hey, I get it. Commitment's scary. But if you had all the coaching, all the community, all the support, all the training you needed, would you be willing to do your part? Yes. Okay. That's good enough for me. Now, Justin, if say you only hold 30 minute sales conversations and you're at 25 minutes right now or 29 minutes or 32 minutes and they just haven't made the commitment, Mm. they don't feel ready to commit and you know, you could get them there, but it's going to take more time. How do you approach that? Did you, do you just say, well, sounds like you're not ready. So call me back when you are schedule your next one. Yeah. I gotta go. Or do you end up being an hour on the call? Like I mistakenly have done multiple times and I still by after 60 minutes, 90 minutes, they still don't pull the trigger because they're liars Mm. to themselves, to their families. I know that's harsh, but it's real. At least the guys I get to deal with. What do you do? I I have a rule for myself, which is I want to end every single call with yes, no, or the next call booked. I'm actually okay with people getting off the call. Like, you know, my value system, like if they want to talk to their spouse, they want to, you know, pray on it, sleep on it for a night. Like, I'm okay with that. As long as we end that call with the next call booked. Like if it's just like, they're going to get back in touch with me, like that's, that's a, a no sale, a waste of time. But if I say, if, if you know, I, I talked to a woman yesterday and we've got our next call tomorrow, um, she, she's basically in, she wants to feel good about 
having this conversation with her spouse to make the commitment financially. And totally get it. I'd probably talk to my spouse about this as well. We line up a time on Friday and we call it a decision call in the calendar. So they know like they are going to make a decision in this call and exactly what's going to happen next. But if somebody says to me like, oh no, I, I have to talk to my spouse and think about it. I totally get it. I talked to my spouse about something like this as well. Let me ask you a question though. Have you made your decision for you yet? If he says, whatever you think, babe, I trust you. Do you know what you want to do? Let's help them take ownership of their decision. If they're like, oh, I don't know. Well, there's a different objection. The spouse is a lie. That's not really the objection. If they're like, I don't know. But if they're like, yes, I'm in. Them proclaiming that on the call with you helps them have a different conversation with their spouse, right? But all, all that to say, to come back to your question, what do I do if I'm running out of time and we're getting to the end here? They haven't committed yet. I'm going to go off of feel. Most of the time, I'm going to assume like if we're still wrestling with this, that this is somebody who can buy. And I might say, listen, I, I unfortunately, I'm running out of time. I've got another call coming up in a couple of minutes. Can I be really direct with you? Yes. Cool. Does this feel like something that you want to move forward with? Like, should we, does it make sense for us to have another call because you're serious and sincere that this is something that you want to solve and you think I might be able to help you solve it? Or does it just feel like it's not the right time for you right now? I'm going to make it easy for them to make that. And if they're like, yeah, I, I really am interested. Again, them claiming that right now will hold till the next call versus us leaving that arbitrary, that direct question. Um, and if they're like wanting to say no and they're going to be a tire kicker and waste my time, but they're too polite to say no, mm -hmm. I'm giving them the easy out. Say, you know, I just don't think it's the right time. Um, so I would I would get to that if I needed to, or if I recognize it's not right and I don't want to work with them because they're not committed. I'm just going to say, you know, it just doesn't feel like this is the right time for you. And that, by the way, telling them that might make them want to claw back for it. I've had people do that. It just doesn't feel like this is the right time for you. It doesn't feel like you're committed at the level needed to solve this problem. And I can only work with people who are really committed, but I'm going to be doing this for a long time. And so come reach out to me when you're ready to solve this problem. That helps them take a lot of ownership of the truth too. And some people will want to solve the problem after that. And other people will be let go. And it's like loving and firm at the same time. It's powerful, right? Because if they're on the call just looking for like free therapy and counseling, you're like, you just ran out of time mm -hmm. with me. This was your one shot. Mm. So what do you decide? And sometimes right. that's what's needed, right? Now, what's your percentage of people that say they commit to the next call? Like I got to speak with my spouse is one of the most popular ones. I probably had 80% or more become no-shows, do last-minute cancels on my books the morning of mm. because they actually weren't telling the truth. Yeah. Or they let some fear that happened the next day or two days later take over and run their, their mind, which is why they're stuck in the, the place they are in their life. Like, Have you had a similar experience or have you had a very high success rate? I would say I had a similar experience when I was doing sales for my former company. I worked with a company called Epic Impact. I was the lead sales guys for them for years, selling a 20K offer. And uh, and I had a lot of what you're talking about. I haven't experienced as much of that with Faith to Influence. Um, I think that maybe I just, I'm, I'm very direct at the end of that conversation when we're lining up the next call. And I think that there's a way in which I'm, I genuinely am willing to let them go that hopefully they're not booking that call unless they're serious. 
and we built enough rapport that hopefully they're going to show up to that next call. And I'm not saying that you're not doing that with them. You're probably calling people to a higher standard than I am. And they're afraid to stand in that that standard that you're calling them to. And your primary initial offer is a higher ticket one than mine. So my ticket is lower. I'm working with people at a lower income level at this first stage of my business. There's kind of two parts of my business. One is high, but but what I'm talking about right now, lower price point. And I'm probably not calling them to quite as high of a standard as you are. And so they probably feel they can come to that call and say yes or no with me more easily. And uh, one of, I think, your values is you naturally call people to a high standard of truth. And they might feel like intimidated to show up to that call with you. But if that's the case, it sounds like you don't want to waste your time anyway. So if they're a no, great. They saved you some time. You know, it probably works for you. Um, effectively. I'm guessing that my no's are less inclined to line up that next call with me. Your no's are more inclined to line up because they don't want to tell you no on the call. Um, but then they don't want to show for that call and face the music either. You know, that's my, that's my, uh, impression. I think that was a really good assessment. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So how do we close the call? Like, I, I know you just gave some, some good points there. Did we miss anything? Yeah. So if they've said that, yeah, I'm committed to solving the problem. Then I'm going to enter what I call the six O's of closing. I'm going to give the brief version of this here. But again, we're going to share the PDF for people who want more on this. What I'm going to do is, is make my offer. And so I'm going to say, okay, great. If they say they're committed, I like a statement of certainty between commitment and closing, uh, which is to say, great, if you're committed, I'm really confident I can help you. Are you ready to hear how I work with my clients? So a statement of certainty and one more ask consent to sell. Um, Great. If you're really committed, I'm confident I can help you. Are you ready to hear how I work with my clients? Yes. I'm going to share the details. We'll do this, 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 and this. The heart or the outcome of the call. Like you're going to get, I, I really believe this can help you get this out of it. Um, and then the the price is $10,000. Is this something that you'd like to do? So I want to say the price. I want to have a little pause. And I want to say, is this something that you'd like to do? And there's confidence in that. I want to be calm. I want to let them respond with whatever they've got. And if they're a yes, I know this seems silly to probably you and me, but it blows my mind how many times I've actually figured out people don't do this the right way. It doesn't matter when the service starts. Like if it's a program, it starts three months from now. If they're a yes, now we collect payment now. So if they're a yes, I'm like, congratulations. I'm super excited to work with you. Uh, what I need to do next is grab some information from you. And then we'll line up your first calls. Make sure you have all the calendar bites, et cetera. How's your name spelled on your card? Or, you know, I might start with, what's your best email address for receipts and calendar invites? Okay, great. How's your name spelled on your card? That's how I like to ask for the order. And I start moving forward and collecting the information. So I just want to be clear about that. But if they've got questions or concerns, I'm going to respond with curiosity. I'm going to make it okay for them and me. I heard that the amateur receives an objection and they panic. And they're like, oh, no, what do I do? They start talking fast. They start being combative. Like, there's all kinds of problems here. The master says, ah, an objection to be expected. It's like a Jedi, you know, they're just like, they're not shaken by this. This is normal for people to have a question or a concern. Tell me more about that. Or I totally get it. It is a big investment. Tell me more about what's going on financially right now. Like I'm going to ask the direct curious questions, calm, but firm. And I'm going to seek to find the truth and help them take ownership. Like we're doing with the spouse objection. Like I totally get it. I'd talk to my spouse too. Have you made your decision for you yet though? What do you want to do if they say whatever you think, babe? Like that kind of thing, ownership, truth, ownership, truth, adjust or flex the offer if needed. Like if you've got a downsell or something like that, like bring that forward if needed. But I want to just invite people to consider closing like problem solving. 
And a line that I might be like, it's like, listen, if you want to be a part of this, you want to work with me and be in my sales school, and I really want to work with you, I am very confident that we'll find a way to make it work. So let's just problem solve together. Are you open to that? You know, like it's problem solving. It's coming on the same side of the table as them and asking curious questions, finding truth, taking ownership, and seeing if we can get a solution to move forward together. It's powerful, dude. Really powerful. Ah, this is good, Startup Nation. You just chomping at the bit. You can't wait to get on your next sales conversation after all these notes in front of you. If you want more, Justin's about to give it to you. But only if you're ready. Are you ready? So Justin Janowski, like we're not going to do the hustle round today because we already did that on the last time you were here. So we're just going to close out here. I want you to speak to the person listening right now. That's a who is a coach in whatever industry they're in. And uh, man, they're just, they've gotten so much value today, like tangible, like right in front of them, the hacks, the cheat sheet, the actual verbatim language that they can use and just repeat and even read off their phone like I've done and have closed $30,000 tickets just reading my preframe. They don't have to master everything that we just discussed today, right? Right. What if they just implemented one thing this week on their sales conversations? Just one thing you practiced, you practiced, you sucked at, you suck less at, then you suck less at, and then you suck less at. And all of a sudden, someone says yes. From that one shift, that one change, that's all I did with the preframe. I was like, let me just master the preframe because I feel like this can change everything. If I just get them to commit to make a decision up front before we start, by the end of the call, they decide, I feel like this is going to change a lot. And it mm-hmm. did. And it did. So what's that one thing, Startup Nation, you're pulling out from our conversation with Justin today that you're going to implement and act upon in your sales conversations this week? Justin, what is the one thing that you would offer to the listener right now for them to act upon? What would you recommend as the most powerful? I've got to give two things. The one thing in the sales conversation is no doubt the preframe. But the most important thing is outside of the sales conversation, and it's that we line up more sales conversations. We need repetitions. I've done this like 7,000 times. And so it becomes really easy for me to imagine different scenarios and be comfortable and natural in those scenarios. You don't need 7,000 reps, but I'll tell you what, you're so much better at a rep 100 than you are at rep five. And so you just need the repetitions. We just need to line up calls and have conversations and invite people to buy. That's the most important thing. And if we, when we get on those conversations, we have a great preframe, we can fumble the rest of it and we'll probably do pretty well over time. All right, so let's focus there for a second because I agree with you. Preframes, number one. However, getting people on the calls, huge, critical, right? Can't do it without it. What if it's not a confidence problem that you're having as a coach? You're like, no, I'm confident I can close. Actually, I close at like an 80, 90% success rate, but I've only had five calls. And I just, I ran out of my friends and family and referrals, and I I just don't know where to get more leads and more bookings on the calls. Could you give us a little marketing hack 
where we yeah. can just flood our phone calls and bookings. Well, I got to tell one, you this, one thing. This is the person who's lying to themselves too, because if they've only held five calls, they haven't run through all of their friends, family, and referrals. They are hiding. They're afraid to be judged and they're not reaching out to certain relationships. And what we need to do is make a list of all the people we know through social medias, go through our phone, every person we know who could be an ideal market target for us. And every person we know who may know somebody who could be an ideal target client who might be willing to support us, who could make a referral. I made those two big lists. It was like 150 total people. I sent texts out to those people when I launched my business and a bunch of them lined up calls, a bunch of them bought, a bunch of them made referrals to me. If you want to become great and build an easy business at the beginning, master referrals. If somebody's a no sale, ask them at the end. I totally get it. I'll be here in the future. Before we wrap up, can I ask for your help? My ideal client is blank, blank, blank. Can you introduce me to one or two people who fit that profile? Like, referrals are key and you just need to be more resourceful. And if you really think you don't know anybody else and you don't know anybody who could refer you to anybody, then go somewhere and meet people, engage with people, network, talk to people, make it about them first and how you could help them. And they'll ask, how can I help you? What if, and I'm going to do a, an objection here to that. What if like part of the reason you're holding back and reaching out to the 150 people in your personal network is that you haven't spoken to them in a year and a half or three years, and you feel icky reaching mm. out for the first time, asking for them to refer someone to your business. Mm. Did then you I, run into that? I would. Well, sure, sure. I would set up a cup of coffee meeting. You know, I, I talked to a friend recently who's becoming a client. Jason Elkins, he does a hundred cups of coffee in a hundred days to meet people. And I would, I would set up a meeting like that. The way I do that is like, Hey, Joseph, we haven't connected in a while. I want to see if you'd be open to lining up a call to share what you're up to. I can talk about what I'm doing and we can see how we can support each other. Very open frame, less of a sales call or a, a direct referral call on these calls. I always make it about the other person first. I'm like, so tell me what, what have you been up to? Like what's been going on in your life? And uh, what are you excited about right now in your business? I'm going to take notes as they tell me about what they're doing. And then I'm going to say, how can I help you? Who do you need to meet? Who would you like to be introduced to? What kind of help do you need right now? I'm taking notes. I'm telling them right away. Oh, I think I can introduce you to Joseph. That'd be a really great fit. Or I'm like, okay, I've got notes on this. I'm repeating it back to them. Let me keep my eyes and ears open if I don't know anybody. And, and I'll, I'll let you know when somebody comes to mind who could fit this. So they like see me trying to help them care about them. And then they're gonna say, okay, well, tell me about you. It's been all about me so far. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Here's what I'm doing. And then um, they might say, oh my gosh, I need this. Or at the end I could say, do you know any, if they're like, how can I help you? Cause I asked that, I, I showed them how to do this. And so when they ask me, I'm gonna say, well, my perfect referral is somebody like this. And they could raise their hand and say, oh, I'm interested in this. Or, oh, I know so-and-so. And so that, that is a more laid back way to do it where it's, it's not like you're the authority or it's a sales call, but you have slight authority. Cause you're still going to get that preprint at the beginning. Like, Hey, I'm so happy to catch up. Tell me about you. I'll tell you about what I'm doing. Let's see how we can support each other. So you're still good. Does that sound good? You're still giving the preframe simple, 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 mm. and making it all about them and serving first. And then they're going to ask how they can help you. Very powerful. And I'm going to ask for one more hack on social media. Yeah. How do you do the referral? with some of your connections, whether it be Facebook or DM on Instagram, how do you ask for that? The same way it would be a cup of coffee. How do I ask for a referral call? A referral call or like, hey, I think this person in my network is a potential client for me. Like, how do you go about that? Like, what's that DM look like? Yeah, I mean, 
similar message. I like the cup of coffee frame for somebody who's not expecting it on social media um, because otherwise, you know, they're like, well, they, they could be turned off by this. But if it's somebody who's like commenting on my stuff, is interested clearly, like, then I'm going to message them a little bit differently. Like, hey, I've, I've noticed you like paying attention to what we're doing, commenting on my stuff. Thank you. That's really encouraged me. I'd love to learn more about what you're doing and see how I can help you. Are you open to jumping on a Zoom call? And that person who's engaged and showed interest is like honored probably that I'm like reaching out that way, thanking them for their encouragement, asking to have a call. And the person who's it's out of the blue, but I know them, that cup of coffee frame is probably the best. For the person I don't know on social media, if I want to direct message them, this is highly inefficient. But if you got nothing else to do, do it. Uh, the way to do it well is to research them and be specific about them. I had one person send me a message cold that I agreed to a meeting in the last six months because I normally am a no on this stuff when they're trying to sell me something. What he said was, hey, Justin, I love what David Lee said about you. And he quoted David Lee's testimonial from my website. And he said, I'd love to connect with you. Uh, I'm helping clients do this. And I, I think I might be able to support your business. I love what you're doing in the faith space. And I lined up a call with him because I didn't know if he knew David Lee, one of my favorite clients. Like I saw David Lee's name. So I had to open the message. That's my favorite client. His testimonials on my website. And so like, if you went to their website or you went to their page, you went and like quoted a testimonial somebody else gave them, they're complimented. They think maybe, do you know that person? Do you know, is there a connection here? That warm effort, it's going to take a lot more time, but it's still going to be a lot more efficient per hour than just cold messaging a million people in a really cold way that they're just going to be like, eh. Okay, Startup Nation, did we over-deliver on the value today? Did Justin just give you so much? Law of reciprocity, I know you want to do something for him now. All right, Justin, where do we go? Where do we find out more? Where do we get this this sales PDF that just breaks out all 10 steps. You gave us several powerful steps in your process. Where do we get the rest? Get the rest at goodsalespdf.com. When you sign up at goodsalespdf.com, we're going to send you our coach's playbook. You'll get on our email list. You'll get our podcast and you can respond to any one of those emails. I'll get the email directly if you want to want to say something to me, but goodsalespdf.com opens the door to our relationship. All right, Startup Nation, there you have it. You're welcome. We brought on Justin back for you. Popular request. Here he was. Justin Janowski, thank you for being on your first 100K two times. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn or drinking more than once a week then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap. You half-ass your workouts. Your health is slipping. Your finances are slipping. Your marriage is slipping. 
Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. 